Welcome to the Empowering the Light podcast. Woot woot! I'm Lily Augustine, light worker, womb wisdom guide, and artist, and this podcast is all things love and light, empowering true autonomy and inspiring along the way. I cannot wait for you to dive into this next episode, and I honor the light that you are spreading in this world. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing this space with us. I am so excited to be welcoming Rachel Amber on today. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Yes, I'm so excited. Rachel Amber is an illustrator and designer who creates art and healing tools to raise awareness and foster connection between all living beings. Most of her work focuses on depicting the beauty of nature and the energetic interconnection between ourselves and the natural world. She also focuses on subjects of the menstrual cycle, of the menstrual cycle awareness, empowerment, and radical self-care through her annual creation of Cycle Journal, an illustrated guide to tracking your lunar and menstrual cycles. Rachel, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Just like on a side note, I use cycle journal and I love it so so much it was like the most beautiful comprehensive journal to actually be able to track my own menstrual and moon cycle and it's something that I always recommend to people who are looking for like a comprehensive journal so thank you so much for creating this like powerhouse of wisdom here I'm, oh like, my gosh my camera here <laughs> that's so sweet of you thank you Lilia am I am I pronouncing your name right Lilia yes yeah okay yes. good <laughs> spot on that cool. usually, I've gotten so many different pronunciations in my <laughs> lifetime, and that was, like, perfect. Okay, Wait, wow. That's a... <laughs> I'm glad. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for being here, though. And I'd love to dive into, like, the process of creating this mm-hmm. journal and, like, what inspired <laughs> you to do that and your story and anything that you're feeling really called to share with us <laughs> right now on the creation of this journal. Mm, yeah, definitely. There's so much, but uh, I guess how it started was very... I would say the process of starting it was spontaneous for me because it literally was, there was one night where I literally just had like a mini revelation. It was like, why isn't this, isn't this existing like in the world in this form already? And I need to make it. And I sort of just like hyper-focused into this creative spiral as I do when I get inspiration um, and just kind of dove in. But a lot led up to that, of course. I mean, years of just um, having a deep connection to nature and or growing a deep connection to nature and um, paying attention to things like the lunar cycles, but realizing I wasn't paying as much attention to the cycles inside of me and um, realizing kind of what I was missing out on um, with that in, in ways that weren't very like gentle, you know, more so um, just having very painful cycles and also very um, sporadic like mood swings and things that they felt random and they felt out of my control. But as I started tracking more, I realized, oh, there's a, there are patterns. This isn't all my fault. You know, there's a lot of like self-blame going on and whatnot, um, as tends to happen with our cycles and the pain we endure. Um, but as I started to track it more in other ways and learn about it, it started to help me mend my relationship with myself and connect deeper to my body, which I was very detached from because of all that. Um, just like emotional trauma and whatnot. So it kind of just sparked as I went from having an irregular cycle to um, I actually started bleeding in line with the full moon for like 12 months straight. And I was noticing all these synchronicities in terms of alignment with the moon. And also astrologically, there's like my one birthday 
in July was like, um, it was a full moon, I was bleeding, and it was like, there was like an eclipse or something, and it was just like everything aligned, and I was like, oh my god, and I was like, there has to be more here than I'm realizing, because I'm tracking it all in my head right now, so how can I see all the patterns? So I was like, I need a way to put it all in one place, and like, see the layers and see the patterns, because I'm all about like interconnection, um, because there's so much both internally and externally that's influencing us at all times. So um, I had been using apps. I tried like so many apps. I tried like making my own like little like journal and using like planners as well more so like planners and calendars for that. But then I, I was like, I need like a place to put this all in and track it like kind of on its own. Um, and I, I felt really drawn to making it on paper one because I just love analog versions of things, but also because um, my biggest issue with the apps was not that they were like were lacking anything in terms of like functionality but more so just my commitment to it and um like I would forget and then when there are notifications I would just either feel overwhelmed or ignore them um which you know I'm just in general um feeling overwhelmed with our phones I wanted a way to detach from my phone and go more into my body and I felt like analog like physical journal was like the way to go with that um and it's helped like yeah having a place to also like lay out and remind me um, to, to dive into that, that felt um, that I also wanted to make beautiful and visually appealing, you know, to feel like ritualistic and feel like the place of worship that we should be thinking of our wounds and our bodies as. So that was, that's a bunch of different parts of where it started. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. And I connected <laughs> that story like so deeply. I had a similar, like coming into this work was through my own, um, relationship with my cycle and mm. how at that time like I also had extreme period pain yeah. and crazy mood swings and was so confused by it and so frustrated with my body and myself mm. and I had a same similar revelation where I was like there has to be more yeah. to this like this can't just be it like we just can't be like in pain once a month mm. and that's all there is to it um totally and diving deeper. And I, I remember I used to like two days before my period and before I even knew what cycle tracking was, I would always have a meltdown two days before my period. And after this <laughs> happened, like a few months in a row, and I'd have like the same argue, argument with my partner two yep. days before my period every single month. It was like spot on. Mm. It was so crazy. And I remember that one day I like was sitting there and I was like, you know, this is a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> this happens oh every gosh. month. And that was like the first kind of click in my head that there is like a cycle going on. And then as soon as I got into understanding my menstrual cycle, I was like, this is crazy. This is what we should have been taught from the beginning. Like, this is what should be in our sex ed classes. Oh my school. God. Absolutely. <laughs> how to track I wish. stuff. Yeah. Just think of like how beautiful it would be if every woman had this knowledge mm. and was able to tap into this and like be able to tap into that self-love without that guilt like you were talking about. Oh. I just, so much guilt around my period mm -hmm. it's just like everything you just said totally resonated with that <laughs> oh yes thank you yeah and, and knowing that like we're not alone in this I think that was a big part of my creation with this like being like well I was actually at first just going to make myself a little like version um but then I was like I think other people could use this so why not um I mean and most of my ideas end up like that like I'm like oh I have this issue or there's this problem in the world but um I want to be of service to a greater like audience. So um, yeah, it's usually how it expands because 
yeah, from within to without, but definitely it's also like just, uh, yeah, the layers of um, stigma that have been placed on us over time and like for forever, <laughs> like um, also just feeling like it's not okay to talk about this or work with it and that blood is dirty and whatnot. Like that was also a lot of what went into this, like just feeling um, like realizing there's so much empowerment to be found here. Like there's so much beauty and like, there's so like once you get into it and um actually start working with the, the cycle in you know kind of its magical sense it's it's so powerful like I've just been able to channel so much like intuitive wisdom from it and also just like I love being able to paint and draw during my bleeding time because yeah you're just in such a state like a different state I almost I feel like I'm in a different world sometimes now that I've been able to track this and get to a place you know I'm still growing and learning but I'm now more in a place where like I almost look forward to my bleeding time and uh, of course there's still some pain and there is still some like things I'm working through uh, you know nothing good ever comes without like working through the tough parts but um, I feel like like just that sense of awareness has helped me like reduce some of the pain just by being like it's okay being like I almost tell my body before I bleed like, hey, we're gonna work together. Like, hey, I love you. Like, and it it just sounds so simple, but like these things have all come from tracking and just getting to know and be like, oh wow, the more you flow with it and work with it, like it's crazy how it actually starts to work with you as well. <laughs> it is. It's so crazy. I completely agree. I do the same thing. Like, I my <laughs> period experience completely changed when I started like telling my body that. I knew it was working hard and that I loved it, even though I was in pain, like that pain all of a sudden didn't, wasn't something that was happening like to me. It was something that was like this beautiful, my beautiful womb is working so hard. That it's like in pain <laughs> yeah. and it turns, it like turns into this like love thing. Like, mm-hmm. I love you so much. You can oh get through this. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I completely understand that. I feel like I look forward to my bleed too. I'm actually bleeding right now on this. <laughs> which felt really special to me um, to have to be doing this at this time but I look forward to it too because I feel like I everything becomes so much more clear Mm, when I'm bleeding like everything like I feel like right before this like a menstrual bleed I was like you know I don't really know what my next step is and then like it was just like bam like clear right when I started Mm -hmm. and it's just such a powerful intuitive time like you were saying Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's so beautiful like to have that awareness and tap into that I mm. completely agree absolutely yeah. yeah it's almost like there's your wise woman inside that's telling you the answers I've been reading the book on um, wild power oh my goodness and I'm forgetting the author's names but they're the the founders of the red school in the UK which is a menstruality awareness school um and it's all about this like embracing that wild power which is the layer after like getting to know the physical side of it all it's it's so special yeah <laughs> and yes. being able to separate um yeah like yourself and there's things going on to you it's not you it's not your fault it's not you know there's and not that that makes it a separate thing it's it's like working with it instead of like thinking it's all like you you <laughs> yeah yeah and it's kind of like this innate cycle that we have within us that whether we acknowledge it or not, is still going to affect us. And Mm -hmm. by acknowledging it, we can start working with our bodies instead of like fighting against this natural rhythm that's there no matter if we say it is or not. Also, I love that book. That was one of the first books I read Mm -hmm. when I got into this work um, by Mm -hmm. Alexandra Pope. And I think it's Sharni Hugo. 
Yeah, thank you. Remember the names. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favorite books. That along with the Blood Book by mm. um, Ashley Cottrell and Liana Krasia. Have you ever read that one? No, I have a long list, so it might be on there, but. <laughs> that looks good too. I love that. Um, they're the founders of Spirit Woman Sisterhood, and they, mm. they also have a lot of great information. But I love okay. the Red School. I yes. love that resource. Um, it's just so powerful. Like, I, again, I wish that was common knowledge that that existed. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I do feel like we are making so much progress, like, every day, every year. Um, just being able to even talk about it, but slowly getting more into the spiritual side of it as well and the, the power behind it. So yeah, we're making waves slowly. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I mean, just thinking like within the past decade, like mm. we've come into like menstrual equity activism. We've come into the spiritual side and understanding that womb wisdom. I feel like mm -hmm. while that's always been around, I think this past decade has been really powerful with getting it kind of out there a bit more into the mainstream. Yeah. Um, even though it's not completely out there yet, like you said, mm -hmm. we're like slowly <laughs> making waves and slowly coming out and it's, it's just so powerful. Like it's mm. so powerful. It's like that side of history that we're missing, that side of like yeah. a woman's wisdom that isn't written about as often or as frequently as other traditional histories. So mm, it's so absolutely. special to have people who are highlighting that like you <laughs> in this world and bringing that information back to life mm. again. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to do it and just happy to be a part of this movement as well. It's it's really awesome to, yeah, it's such a collective effort. So, you know, every single person who's, like, on this journey is, like, even if we don't know each other, we're all, you know, you can kind of feel the energy raising and it's special. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I feel like everyone I reach out to who's, like, in this community of, like, menstruality is mm. so amazingly, like, friendly. Like, it's it's so beautiful. When I first got into this work, I reached out to um, these two women who were doing like menstrual coaching. And I was like, I didn't even know this was a field. Like, would you be interested in talking to me just for like 15 minutes about what you do? And they were both so willing. They were like, yeah, let's hop on a call. And they like told me everything. It was so great how open this community is um, and how accessible it can be once you start kind of wiggling your way into it. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you, you have so many like beautiful collaborations within Cycle Journal. What was the inspiration <laughs> to collaborate? Like, how did that come about? How did the evolution of this journal come about once you had that idea to start yeah. creating it? Um, yeah. So actually, the first year that I made it, it was like a smaller, I kind of call it the beta version. It was, you know, first year trying it out and um, seeing how people responded to it. And um, it was just kind of like I wrote the little articles in it um, from what I knew and what I want to share. And of course, I did some research and included things in there um, that, as I learned about them. But, um, but I wanted it to become more, even more of a community thing. Like I was like, well, I'm one person. I'm essentially like I'm making the structure of this. I'm illustrating and designing it. Like I, I tend to just want to wear all the hats because I'm someone who like <laughs> I'll just do it all. But that's also part of my practice and <clears throat> honoring myself, my body is realizing where I should also bring in other people, not only for help, but to share like collaboration and community is something I'm learning to like, to, like trust more and dive into. And I think, yeah, it's a practice and trust as someone who's like, not like 
not even that I want to control things in a negative way, like just like, you know, it just felt secure in that way. It's like my little creation baby and I'm a Cancer with a Capricorn moon. So I have a hard time letting go of something. So it's a practice in that. But as I open it up more and more to like bringing people in, I'm, I'm so excited, like how it's been evolving. And I wanted to share the space, like, um, like I can create the structure and I can include some insight, but also like there's so many amazing women and folks out there who have like knowledge and wisdom beyond what I know. Like I'm one person, like I may know some things about herbalism, but I had a friend named Charlotte and she is an amazing herbalist. So why not bring her in and give her a platform to share her stuff, but also, um, yeah, like help this knowledge be even more known from an even more reliable source. So it's like, I just, um, I started with a lot of people that I knew. So a lot of the contributors for this year were friends or people I had met before. And um, yeah, just people that I really trusted to bring in the right stuff. And it was great working together. You know, we kind of like, I basically told them like, like they each kind of had their specialty already. And I was like, well, whatever you want to write in this realm, I kind of had ideas of these and we just went back and forth. And then I illustrated around it, which was fun because I love um, having prompts almost. It's almost like when there's something to write, I draw inspiration from the words and I can just create imagery from that. Um, yeah, and I'm excited for next year too. I'm starting to figure out who's going to be in it. And I'm also, um, for next year, like it keeps expanding. So um, I had an idea of creating a resource directory at the end. So um, I can, one, provide a space for um, people to be found. Like, you know, uh, folks who are using this journal, you know, might want period coaching or might want to know an herbalist or someone who does vaginal steaming like um and you know I am not I can't you know I'm just creating the journal I'm providing the tools so I'm like why not create a space for them to find the further help they need so um the resource directory is going to be sort of an exchange where I can give people a space and platform for this specific group of people who are looking for that help but also um through like a small amount of sponsorship they'll have that space and it helps me fund the journal since I'm independently publishing this like it's a grassroots effort like I pretty much pay for the the printing costs by myself um through pre-orders through savings and whatnot so like this helps me make it happen and and then the support goes back to them when uh, I can hopefully bring people their way as well so that's also how it's going to expand and just like you know I want it to be a big community um and also yeah like it's already part of it but just finding ways to weave people into the web even more yeah Oh, I think that's so beautiful. And I feel like everything you were saying with trying to collaborate and create this community, you've created this gorgeous community, mm -hmm. especially doing with having that um, resource at the end. I think that's going to just make it even bigger and spread mm -hmm. it. It's like you're creating this platform and this container for so many people. And that's mm -hmm. so powerful for like having that. And I think for anybody who's listening to like, just having that story come from this idea that this would help me, maybe this will help other people. I'm looking at where it's come now to being this like beautiful community and container for women to really dive into their wisdom and into their cycles. Just for everyone listening, knowing that like that seed and that idea can turn into something so amazing if you follow it. And to mm -hmm. just follow that call and that intuition and see where it takes you. I think that's mm -hmm. so amazingly wonderful. And thanks, love. <laughs> yeah, and I love your illustrations, by the way. So, uh, do you have a background in illustration? Is that what your art degree is in? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I went to school at UArts in Philadelphia for illustration and design. 
um, it was the illustration BFA, but it was very heavily design influenced as well. And you could kind of choose what route you wanted to go. And I took a lot of classes in like design specifically too, but also in printmaking. So I kind of have that range. Um, because I've always loved working with imagery and text so much, and I, I wanted to be a writer before I wanted to be an artist. Like, I thought I was going to go to school for journalism or creative writing, but I actually minored in creative writing and, um, yeah, did illustration and design because I just started to, like, trust that I could do that more. I think, yeah, I always loved writing first, but then art, and my, my teachers in high school convinced me that I could have, you know, a life. I think, you know, there was, like, social stigma stopping me from going to school for art at first and then I was like no you know people helped me break through that denial and um I'm really glad they did because here I am and I'm so thankful like to be able to spread that and just spread awareness and ideas and connection through my art like it's just it's really nourishing and it's uh I just I love the reciprocation that comes from it and um yeah <laughs> oh I love that yeah and I feel like it I feel like you ended up doing art and creative writing, like especially through yes. this journal, like it ended up working out so perfectly. Um, I also understand that social stigma. I went to school for art too, mm. and I had a lot of people asking, uh, thankfully not my family. My family was a family of artists, mm -hmm. so they were oh. all for me going. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, that was really helpful. But like other people are always like, what are you going to do with an art degree? And it's like, there's so much you can, I know. There's so much you can do. You like learn creative problem solving. It's like the tools you learn in art school can really go to any career. It's so powerful of how you have to use your creative understanding to problem solve and yeah, express yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially illustration, I feel like challenged me with that. You know, it's, um, they, it's very much like a puzzle, but also like, just visual identity and like communicating through visuals is like the, the main focus. So like, I feel like that really helped um, also gear my, my brain that wants to be of like social service, um, you know, be able to have meaning in the images. Cause I also thought of going for fine art and painting, which, you know, I, I, I do paint as well, but just the connection between communicating through imagery as opposed to it being more abstract or like up for interpretation was really special to me. I felt like I could, art could be my activism and that's what it is now so <laughs> and I forget my other thought <laughs> I'll come back <laughs> that happens to me all the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh I love that art is such like a beautiful form of activism that was after like how I was telling you how I kind of came in with that same like this can't be it for my menstrual cycle like there has to be more to my period I actually mm -hmm. when I was in school I started a performance piece based on menstruation where I had I was like dressed all in white and I had people writing with like a red sharpie on my clothing um if they could say whatever they wanted to say about menstruation in public what would they say and mm. I, through that project I talked to like hundreds mm. of people who were like writing their opinions and so many of them were like very um entangled in stigma like mm. um they either hated it or it gave them pain or they didn't understand or like um even going into like the medical side of like how much pain is too much pain for a doctor to take mm. seriously mm. um and there's one, I remember I was in school, there was, when I did it around campus, I like the first time I did it, after the first time I did it in like multiple galleries, but the first time mm -hmm. I did it, I like walked around campus for four straight days, having people do it. And Yay. one person wrote, she was like, he won't touch me when I'm on it. Oh. Oh my <laughs> I felt so bad. I was like, oh, oh no. And it oh. just like showed how, like you were saying, like we're all in this together and it's such mm. a universal experience. And to be able to shift that mentality from 
like this is something that's happening to us through art too like this is something that can be so beautiful and it's part of our innate mm -hmm. power and wisdom it's such a beautiful transition I feel like through like your illustration and through your art that transition is like so evident that mm -hmm. your period doesn't need to be this thing that's just happening to you it doesn't need to be this thing you need mm -hmm. to shut down or ignore it can be this beautiful aspect of your creation and of your life mm -hmm. and I love that that uh, that your illustrations like illustrate that so clearly yeah. like you can really see that activism through your artwork and I think it's such a beautiful mm -hmm. message because some so many times like art can communicate things that words can't and I think that mm. your art and your words communicate that so beautifully together oh thank you so much yeah, yeah. I really love combining them as well like I started with more of zines um and then this I feel like it's still kind of I don't know it's it's more of a book or journal but it's still kind of a zine to me because it's still DIY in some ways which I love because yeah um I feel like my goal through the imagery is always to like show both sides um you know like I want to show the sacredness but also that I guess what I'm trying to say is um like through my activism like I try not to just show the negative side I try to show the positive as well but um not discrediting that like these hardships don't make it as valuable as well i'm trying i'm trying to get this thought together but it's not it's not piecing together in words yeah, no. <laughs> How long it's, it's, it's coming <laughs> we'll, we'll pass on it <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to it i was i was doing a podcast interview earlier and we were like doing, we were going back and forth the same way we we're like trying to formulate this thought and like at the end of like 10 minutes we were like we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> this never came into being how we wanted it to be. Yeah. But thank, totally thank you so much. Thanks for your kind words about my art. It really means a lot. And I'm grateful that I can like use this to share with people and that I can help others um, change their perspective on their cycle as well, hopefully. And yeah, because yeah. it's, it's, it's our lifeblood, you know, it's like why we're all here. And um, yeah, we're just unpacking the layers of why it's, it's been covered up in negative ways yeah 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 i totally agree and i also like what you said at the beginning how you liked having it in like hard copy i really mm -hmm. love that too like i'm very much like i like holding books and i like mm, holding yes. and writing in journals <laughs> so i had the same problem with like apps versus like an mm -hmm. analog like I, I that was one of the things i really appreciated about your journal is that it was like Aww. i could actually like physically hold mm -hmm. it and like switch pages which i feel like digital things you can't like switch through pages easily yeah. to kind of see the underlying patterns it's really helpful to have totally. it like spread out in front of you so I love that I, I like love every part of it <laughs> oh I'm glad thank you yeah, yeah I definitely like some people have asked for it in a digital pdf and I've debated um like I, I think I'm gonna have the option next year for um mostly because international folks I know it's international shipping is so expensive and I wish it wasn't but you know it's not something we can control so um potentially an option for the future just for those people who need it but I definitely love the print version and also just being able to like I leave it next to my bedside or my altar and seeing it like reminds me you know like the app is just like hidden in your phone and um yeah this is just part of part of your like altar <laughs> yeah oh I completely agree and I heard you were creating a new one right a one for um individuals who are a bit younger Oh yeah. yeah, I just, um, yeah, I just finished actually. Um, so it's, I basically have gotten a lot of questions and requests of, um, like, is this for like all ages? Like, 
younger kids who are like, you know, 11 or 12 and just starting their periods, like, could they use this? And intention, uh, originally my intention was all ages, like technically like anyone of any age can use this, but, um, but I have had conversations with people like, and it, this has been great to help me understand, like, you know, this is of course very dense for like a 12 year old who is just starting, um, you know, it's a lot. And uh, I, I feel like, kids should know about you know like like my mom's like it has uh you track if you had sex in it like you know like yeah that's maybe not appropriate for like a 12 year old but like they should know about it at the same time but um it's essentially up to the parents but then at the same time I was like I want to make a version that's one a little more accessible for them a little uh less overwhelming and more concise to just like ease them into it so they can get used to the habit of tracking but also um yeah, learn to work with it and realize that this is something that, um, that while it may seem out of their control, uh, you know, it's, it's something perfectly normal and natural that they can flow with and learn to understand and love and, yeah, just hopefully help them have, like, uh, an easier start with it and a better relationship off the bat because, like, imagine if, you know, and, like, while I, like, my mom definitely told me about it and was, like, great and helping me and being supportive for me, but at the same time, like, wasn't exactly connected to like um just like celebrating it as I'm trying to more so frame it and you know I have no like there's nothing wrong with that like my mom is amazing I love her she did nothing wrong <laughs> but it's more just that society in general like the norm is not to celebrate it or like work with it in this way it's just kind of like oh this is it here you go like I mean my health class didn't even really teach about tracking like maybe some do like I, I'd hope that that would be amazing but my health class kind of just glazed over it and you know, it's, it's, it should be a little bit more, um, integrated and, like, yeah, I just wish there was a little more attention, so in creating this, I'm hoping that, um, this can be a little more accessible to the younger kids who are starting, and, um, all the amazing parents and doulas and caretakers and guardians who are, like, asking for this for their amazing little young ones, so, yeah, um, as of now, it's just, like, a digital PDF so that you can print it at home or, use it on like an iPad or something um, just to make it easy and keep it cheap for now. And then if there's enough like demand for it, I, I, I think I want to get it printed as like, um, like a little like staple bound book or something kind of like a zine, um, just, you know, something that's like uh, more kid friendly, like not that they don't deserve this like bigger spiral bound journal, but you know, I feel like kids just like simple things and it, it can help them connect. And then when they're ready, they can, ascend to the bigger journal later in their life maybe <laughs> yeah I just when you were saying that I was like I feel like this is a good lead-in like they'll get excited to have mm. the bigger journal later on like I just like in my head I was like <laughs> I can just like imagine I think I'm like picturing my kids too I'm like having which I don't have any kids yet but in the future <laughs> being like I have my my larger like uh, mm -hmm. cycle guide journal and they have their smaller one and they see the larger one and they get so excited when they oh finish the smaller one and they get like an upgrade I feel like it just like kind of has this like momentum of mm -hmm. celebration like you were saying um and I I told I like think it's so powerful for um people who are like go beginning their monarchy or their like first lead to have this and to have that celebration like you were mm -hmm. saying I I also like grew up in a household that was very open to menstruation. Um, mm -hmm. Like I, no one hit it. Like I knew all about it. Both <laughs> of my parents, my mom and my sister had really bad period pain too. So it was mm. like part of our lives. Yeah. Um, 
but it was also like I because of that I didn't want my period <laughs> I was like I didn't get it until I was 17 and okay. I was like at that point I was happy not having it and I remember just like the the feeling when I got it of like oh man like now oh. I need to deal with this <laughs> and it like wasn't a celebration for me it was kind of like I knew this was coming I knew exactly what it was when I got there and I was just like not <laughs> excited and now like coming into this realm of menstruality and realizing how amazingly powerful it is I'm like I want everyone to have this like mm. celebration experience when they get it because it's so powerful when we can really tap into it and like you said it's it's our society just doesn't really celebrate it as openly mm. as we would hope that it yeah. would be. Absolutely it's like and while it may not be like everyone may not think of it as like a celebration amazing thing but at least yeah like I think the the first step is like not dreading it and not posing it as something that like oh my god it's like something you're gonna have to hate every month of your life like you know there's so many um there's even like advertisements that like kind of shame it and you know we don't need more shame in our culture on ourselves or our bodies or our natural functions it's just like I think you know if we can learn to work with the natural ways of the body and world like oh it would just be so nice <laughs> but I think yeah we're working towards it and um yeah it's it's also just like a little rite of passage like you know it's not it's it's just something that's it's special and um like needs to be um used that way <laughs> yeah yeah I completely agree and yeah advertisements it's really interesting like looking at that side of like menstrual hygiene advertisements and all of that which are very much like cover this up like this is going to make oh it so that you like don't no mm -hmm. one knows you're on your period like you can do everything while you're on your period and part of me watching those like mm -hmm. it's like this girl like rock climbing like mm -hmm. on her period it's like a tampax commercial or something yeah. she's like rock I'm climbing jumping all over the place and part of me is like just go lie down like oh <laughs> go let your poor womb rest it's working so hard <laughs> Yeah, that is such a good, yeah, those Tampax commercials, I mean, like, do whatever you want when you're on your period, like, if you enjoy rock climbing and moving, like, cool, but I, yeah, the promotion of, like, you should be able to, like, like, do ex excessive, like, things, like, yeah, and it's, like, they're really taking away the idea of, like, oh, like, you can rest, it's okay to rest, like, you can do whatever you want, but, like, rest is also an option, okay, and of course, like, while we don't get like days off from work for our cycle like we can integrate like bits of rest or like you know give ourselves a nice bath at the end of the day like bring comforting things to work with us like there are ways of like integrating rest into our daily life and like just making it a little easy on ourselves. like also just like you know letting people know that like you're in a place like not that you can't do things but that you know you're, you, you could appreciate a little extra help from your friend or partner and you'll like pay them back another time, you know, stuff like that. It's like, uh, it's sad that like, that's not more okay. So yeah, I feel like not shaming the commercials, but they need to like, you know, they're more on a marketing level. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. but also, and I think there's a big wave coming back, um, that's starting in sustainable like products, which is a whole nother topic, but I'm excited about that. Cause I think that's also something that when we're teaching kids of, um, you know, going into their cycle and just, you know, about tracking with it and um, learning about, like, not only the physical properties, but also, like, the, the spiritual and emotional properties of it, um, like, that they have options, and, um, yeah, like, we're also just learning so much more about, like, 
our actual health and the truth about our products and um, you know sustainability for the environment's sake but also for like what we're putting in our bodies and being aware and having that knowledge that has been hidden for so long and people still don't know about it. it's really it's really wild yeah yeah it really is it's wild like um I know I was researching at one point like what kind of uh ingredients go into disposable tampons mm -hmm. disposable mm -hmm. pads and yeah they're considered a medical device so no one needs to tell you what's <laughs> in them which first which, which yeah I'm like I'm I kind of want to know what's going in the most absorbent part of my body, oh my but, <laughs> yeah. but, um, yeah, but it's also interesting the way, just kind of the way all of menstrual products are classified is interesting because while they're a medical device and they don't need to tell us the ingredients, they're not taxed as a medical device, they're taxed as a luxury yes. item. So it's kind mm. of like there's, there's all these, um, areas of menstrual health that don't really it's like no one can make up their minds on how to classify it and it's just like everything like goes against itself and doesn't make sense and I I completely agree that sustainable products are so powerful and I I use purely sustainable products now too and not only has it saved me so much money but oh my gosh. It's, it's like it's crazy how much money it saves you yeah but, um I also like became allergic to pads and tampons oh, a few wow. months ago and that was kind of what spurred me going into um sustainable products so it's like just looking from a health standpoint like you were yeah. saying it's there's so many sustainable products out there that are so much healthier for your body and mm -hmm. I think a, a really powerful um word you used was like option like the, just mm -hmm. the ideas that we have options like just from like the idea of the commercial of how like we should it's not a matter of we can't do things or we mm -hmm. should do things it's the matter of we should have a choice whether yeah. or not we want mm -hmm. to lie down or whether or not we want to go hiking like it's mm -hmm. more it's not so much of a like this you need to do this or you need to do that but like realizing the power of your choice in the matter and not Absolutely. letting society tell you what your choice is and really honoring your body and what that is and I feel like yeah. that goes so perfectly with menstrual products too is honoring your body and whatever choice is right for you, but like understanding those choices, which I think is something mm. that we're slowly kind of integrating back into our culture, but it's so great when people can really dive in and talk about it and show other people that there's more than just tampons mm -hmm. and disposable pads that they can use. Like there's so many beautiful options out there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Listening, being able to listen to your body and a lot of times it'll tell you what it needs. Like, and yeah, the choice. That's just the biggest thing. Yeah, like, I think there's just also not a lot of um, education, like, on these options. Um, and it, it, I guess it depends where you are and, like, what community you're around. And, um, you know, I think also with accessibility in terms of, like, price point and affordability, like, I think there's um, some, you know, it's understandable that some of them are more expensive than others. But at the same time, um, when you compare the prices, like, okay, you pay like 30 to $40 for this cup, but menstrual cup, but then uh, how much would you be spending in a year on your tampons? And I have somewhere, I have brought up my little um, radical bleeding zine, which I made with um, Sadie Francis of Only in the Forest. Um, and it, it talks about all this. It talks about the dioxin, I think I'm saying, I don't know if I'm saying that right, which is the, the the byproduct that's in tampons which is so toxic and it's wild that that's hidden from us because that's like our right to know um and the fact that that's not common knowledge is so sad like uh it's really scary and that's what causes toxic shock syndrome you know like it's not just 
uh, coincidental happening. Like that's because of something in there. Um, but yeah, also if we just knew about these options and we could compare the pricing, like it may be a little more upfront, but in the long run, like, yeah, I haven't bought like reusable stuff in so long. It's, it saved me money. And um, I just feel like there's so many good companies out there that are growing a lot of like awesome big companies, like be certified that are actually care about what they're putting out. They actually care about what's in it. And um, you know, I think we're, we're just used to like disposable things in our culture, which is its own thing but uh i think you know some people don't want to like clean them which you know i get because i think that's also part of the stigma some people don't want to touch their own blood which you know it's and it's it's there's no shame if you feel that way like if you feel that way like just know that like it's not your fault and it's okay to not want to touch it but um maybe explore like is that because of what you've been taught or do you actually think that you know something so natural to you is gross and um toxic because it's not what's toxic is what's being put in our in our products sadly but yeah it's just oh, I could go on you know it's just um and cleaning them like it takes like a second so I feel like um yeah I, I almost had a resistance to it at first I'm like oh I gotta clean this now and you know we're used to like quick easy disposable but um now I kind of like it's not a ritual, but like I, I kind of, you know, it's 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 self care. Like I'm like, oh, I'm washing this pad, I'm taking care of myself so I can use it later. Like, um, it's it's more intimate. And as I've, you know, I I also had like some fears at first. I was like, I felt strange about like, yeah, like handling my blood so much and touching it. But now it's like it's normal. It's so special and it's powerful. But you know, I yeah, I also had to get over that. And it, it just it was almost like this impulse. And I'm like, why do I feel that way? Like why do I feel grossed out by this? And instead of running from it, I just tried to sit with it each time. Like, okay, like breathe. Like what is really wrong here? Like, am I really like against myself? Like, no, it's just, I'm not used to this. I'm not taught this is normal. So it's none of our faults, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was such a beautiful sentiment too. And I think that, yeah, for anyone who's listening, who's having that, that fear around sustainable products, but being kind of exposed to your own blood, I think that that's such a beautiful thought to, sit down and ask yourself, where is that coming from? Is that coming from your own fear, from a fear that society has put on you or um, a social construct around mm -hmm. menstruality and kind of looking at that and breaking it down? Because not only will that help you understand like that fear and how to handle your period in a way that feels comfortable to you, but it's also going to bring you so much closer to your body. Mm -hmm. Like it just which brings you even close, more closer to like self-love and just like loving every aspect of yourself, which I think is so powerful mm -hmm. and that really getting comfortable with your body in that way and with your period in that way can really cultivate that self-love for your mind, your body, your soul, like all of it, which is so mm -hmm. powerful. Um, and also just for mm -hmm. anyone who's listening, like we've been mentioning um, sustainable products a lot. Some of the sustainable products that are out there are like menstrual cups, menstrual discs, uh, period panties, um, reusable pads. I know people who've used sponges mm -hmm. before. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh <my> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And do you know of any others? Those are the ones I know of. Those yeah. I also I use like cloth pads and liners, which like there's a great company called Glad Rags that makes them. They're an awesome B certified company, but also, um, even just on Etsy, like so many independent makers make them and it's really great. Uh, Holy Sponge is 
they, they have sponges, which is amazing because it's 100% natural from the earth and they are sustainably sourced through that company, at least I know, um, only off the tops of the sponges so they can still grow and sustain themselves. But they also make pads. Um, and I actually have a blog post that's just on my website, cyclesjournal.com slash blog. And I recommend all my favorite products. Um, like Madi Body is my favorite period underwear company. They're based in Australia, but uh, I like them better than Thanks. And I think they're a little more affordable. And I wear them even when I'm not in my period because like they're just so comfy and they, they look cute. Like, I don't know, but looks good in them. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to have to try those. I use Thinks and I love them. So I'll have to try Madi Body oh. too. That sounds amazing. I'll also, I'll link that blog post in oh. the show notes. Uh, for the podcast so people can go straight to that and see all of your favorite products I love that yeah (laughs) and and if you have any favorite products you can uh, comment yours on that post as well so that other people can find it and it could be a little resource directory (laughs) oh I would love that I love that for everyone who's listening I really love I've like started using um like my thanks period panties like for my whole cycle like I, Mm. I got to the point where before I was using um a menstrual cup. I was using salt cup and I love okay. their menstrual cup. It worked really well for my body. Um, and, but then it kind of got to the point where I was like, I just don't really want anything in my body right now. I wasn't mm. really feeling it. So the past yeah. few cycles, I've just been using period panties the whole time and it's nice. easy. It, like, yeah, totally. It's so easy. And also free bleeding. I love to free bleed yeah. just like onto a towel. It just mm. like feels so amazing to just like, yeah. not have anything hindering anything and just let it mm. be. Um, it feels like the most natural thing to do. And I think that's something like in the past, I would have been like free bleeding, like <laughs> bleeding onto a towel. Like what in the world? Why would you do that? And it's actually like very empowering. Like once yeah. you kind of get comfortable with your blood, just being able to let your body do what it needs to do. Oh my gosh. So empowering. It's just like it so is. powerful. It just like all happens on its own, like without us mm-hmm. having to like do anything but love our bodies. It's yeah. such an amazing process. Yeah, all we have to do is not go against the flow, and it just, it does its thing. It's great. (laughs) I love that. Oh, well, Rachel, do you have any last words that you'd like to share with our listeners? Mm. Any words of wisdom that you'd like to leave them with? Um, Well, I just want to say thank you to you, Lilia, and this is so amazing to be able to talk with you, and I'm just grateful to be able to share more, and I hope this was helpful to some people, Mm. and um, I guess I just, one of the things I really love to say like um is to flow with your own tides instead of against the currents because your body knows what to do and it's such a it's a practice you know like we're all working towards trusting our bodies more and just embracing the innate intuitive wisdom that's within us and the more we it's it's more of a practice of letting go than doing um which is so it's so difficult sometimes to just let go and let things be but the more we practice that the more easily it'll come and with more trust the more our body will we'll work with it. I think of it as an allyship, like, you know, we're working with our bodies, not against them. And that's the goal. So just that little shift in perspective even has helped me immensely over the years. And I I hope the same for you, anyone who's listening, you are loved and your body is there to work with you. So I hope this helps and good luck on your journey. Oh, that was so beautiful. That was so beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. That was was such a powerful episode (laughs) that was so amazing like I'm feeling like so excited to share this um and what would be the best platforms for people to find you on what's the best media for them to find your information 
Yeah, so cyclesjournal.com has pretty much everything. Um, it has the shop link, it has the blog, it has um, just tons of information and some resources. Also, it has all the contributors from the past years. Um, Instagram, at cyclesjournal, just simple. Um, and yeah, I think those are the main two that I, that I have. I have a Facebook, oh, there's a Facebook group that's free um, that anyone can join, whether you have the journal or not. It's just a it's just a cyclical support group that we can all um, share, like you can share anything, like any questions you have. We just, we ask each other for like recommendations for books or podcasts and like, um, you know, people will post their events and offerings in there that are relevant to like menstrual cycle awareness and whatnot and moon circles. And you can also ask for advice in there and just like, or share your day, like share what you're going through. It's, it's an open, supportive, safe space. For anyone who's bleeding or just has a uterus in general and wants to have community around that so that's um the link for that is in my instagram bio or through the website you'll see it i love that now i want to go join that group <laughs> be like next on my list here yeah. oh, that was so powerful rachel thank you so much for sharing your light and your wisdom with us today i feel so honored to have had you on this podcast episode and thank you to all of our listeners for holding space for yourself to really tap into all this amazing wisdom and learn about it and tap into all this knowledge. Thank you so much for showing up for yourself. And I hope that this has inspired you to start cycle tracking and to start reconnecting back with your natural cycles and rhythms. And I can't wait to talk to all of you guys next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Empowering the Light podcast. If you loved this episode, please share it so that we can spread this light and empowerment to more people. I also want to invite you to join my free Divine Feminine community. Within this community, you will receive exclusive content and updates via email, be invited to my free virtual moon circles every month, which are so much fun, by the way, and you'll have access to our private Facebook group that is always being updated with more content and conversation. You can find the link to join on my website, liliageston.com, spelled L-I-L-I-A-G-E-S-T-S-O-N.com. I can't wait for you to listen to more episodes and would love to know what you want to hear next. Feel free to DM me on Instagram at lilia underscore geston or email me at lgeston at gmail.com so that we can bring you the content that inspires your true autonomy. Mm-hmm.